Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for listening to the hashtag Create Your Earth Life podcast with your host, myself, Janessa Staples. And if you have been listening to the past few episodes, about the past five episodes, you will know that I am doing a series on Christianity, God, the Bible, um, sharing people's testimonies, which is super exciting. And I have officially decided to change my podcast um, to permanently be about Christianity, God, the Bible, and people's testimonies. I want to include God in every aspect of my life. And as I learn more about God, as I read the Bible more, then I will share information with you guys. I will be doing research on everything that I've ever done in my life and how it can either be good towards God or maybe it's something that I need to delete from my life and I'll explain why. So today I am going to be discussing the thoughts of Christians and the Bible on surrogacy. So what do Christians and the Bible say about surrogacy? So I'm going to jump right in. I want to start off with saying I am not here to judge or to tell you what you should or should not do. I am just here to relay the information I have learned about the Bible and about what Christians say about surrogacy. And I personally was shocked reading this information. I thought since I'm a surrogate mother and you know, I'm in this journey of being a surrogate mother and I'm sharing my journey on my YouTube channel. I thought I was doing a good thing. I thought, you know, God would look down on me and think like, oh, she's a good person. She's carrying children for other humans. Like how great and amazing and nice is that? And also other humans say that to me. So how could I have not thought that? I guess you could say. Um, But from the research I have done, God may not have the same thoughts and feelings about surrogacy that I thought he did. So like I said, I'm not here to judge and it's not my decision um, on what God thinks about you being a surrogate or you choosing to use a surrogate to grow your family. It is God's job to judge And I believe my job is to share the word of God and to do everything in life with the intention of worshiping God. And I'm going to tell you guys that I did write out everything. I did a lot of research and I typed up everything. So there may be times where you can tell that I'm reading from something, um, that this was not written completely intuitively. Like our not, um, it was written intuitively, but it was not, this podcast was not recorded intuitively. I did do research, a lot of research, and I wrote down everything in a document, and now I'm sharing it with you. So I have four resources I've used to gather information for this topic. Excuse me. My first resource is, of course, the Bible. The second resource is a website called the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, also known as ERLC.com. My third resource is compellingtruth.org. And my last resource is from the podcast Relatable, hosted by Allie Beth Stuckey. I believe that's how you say her name. It's S-T-U-C-K-E-Y. Episode 254, 
titled Birth Control, IVF, and Surrogacy. So let's get started. This is what I found from the Bible. Surrogacy is mentioned twice in the book of Genesis. So Genesis 16, 1 through 8. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband and Abram, husband Abram to be his wife. After Abram had dealt dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went in Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw and she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. So Abram said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. So Sarai used Hagar, her servant to carry children for her. She asked her husband to have sex with Hagar, the servant, to carry children for her because Sarai was unable to carry children. So this would be called traditional surrogacy. And that is not what I'm doing. I'm doing gestational surrogacy, but traditional surrogacy is when the surrogate mother is the biological mother of the child. And as you can see, or as you have heard, it, it causes problems. It caused problems in the marriage and it caused pro- problems outside of the marriage. It caused problems between the, um, the servant and the wife. So Genesis 30, 1 through 10. Now, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel. And he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? So she said, Here is my maid, Billa. Go in her, and she will bear a child on my knees, that I also may have children by her. Then she gave him Billa, her maid, as a wife, and Jacob went into her. And Billa conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dam. And Rachel's maid Billa conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With great wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed, I have prevailed. So she called his name Nephtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as wife. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. So as you can see again, it's another situation where they go outside of the marriage and it is traditional surrogacy. Those are the only times that I know of that the Bible discusses surrogacy. Um, I don't believe it is discussed again. I think it's only in the book of Genesis, but I could be wrong. So please do your own research. Okay. So moving on, 
The Bible also says, Genesis 2, 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Which to me sounds like you should not stray from the marriage sexually because you are of one flesh, man and woman in marriage. Psalm 127, 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. I interpret that as saying God has his own plan on if you will be carrying children in this lifetime or not. Children come from God himself. But I could be wrong. Um, please, like, interpret it how you want to interpret it, reread it, you know, pray about it. I don't know how have all the answers. I may have none of the answers. This is just what I have gathered. Luke 23, 29. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren in the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. So to me, to me, that sounds like he is saying that to not have children, to not carry a child, to not have the responsibility of nourishing a child and taking care of a child is a blessing because it gives you more time to have a relationship with God and to worship God. And last, lastly, being a Christian means leaving your own desires behind and worshiping God in everything you do. So while making any decision in life, think to yourself, is this to get my own way or am I doing this to bring glory to God? As said in 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So when you are thinking about becoming a surrogate, or you are thinking about using a surrogate, why? Are you doing it because you personally want something? You are wanting a child, or you are personally wanting money, or whatever? Or are you doing it all to the glory glory of God? So I know that is not clear. Um, not everything I just read is completely clear. And I know a lot of people say it's really easy to surrender to God and there's only one narrow path and you just have to read the Bible and listen to it. But it to me, it is not always clear what is going on. And yes, the path is narrow. It's a very narrow path to heaven with God. Um, but I don't believe it is all black and white. I think there's a lot that can be read and be misinterpreted. There's a lot of information and I think there's just a lot that can be prayed about. So that is the information I've gathered gathered from the Bible scriptures. Now I'm going to discuss what I learned from listening to the podcast, Relatable, hosted by Allie Beth Stuckey, episode 254. And if you are in the process of doing IVF, surrogacy, taking birth control, this is a really great episode. So Allie starts off with saying marriage, having children, and adoption is good. She goes on to discuss the Christian perspective of IVF and the dilemmas. The two dilemmas that stuck out to me that she discussed are the fact that multiple eggs are taken from a woman's body and are fertilized by a man's sperm. Then some are placed to be implanted into the woman or another woman's womb, and the rest are frozen. Since Christians believe life begins at fertilization, then the frozen embryos that are left and destroyed is considered abortion. 
the froze embryos left for the rest of the lifetime is considered abandonment. So there is a loophole that can eliminate this dilemma, which is if you can somehow take the exact amount of eggs needed to be fertilized, then this dilemma can be eliminated because you are using what you need instead of taking more than what you need and then it end up not being used, embryos not being used, which then can be considered, you know, if they're destroyed, abortion, and if they're just left, then abandonment. Um, but a lot of the times, it's not always successful, so that's why they take extra eggs. It's uh, like a precaution, you know, okay, this may not work. Like the chances, I think it's like a 25% chance of it working, so we're going to take extra eggs, so if it doesn't work, you have more eggs to use. The second dilemma, IVF makes easier eugenics. Doctors look for the healthiest fertilized egg in fear of passing down genetic disease, which is interferes with God's job. And as said in the Bible, I may butcher this name, <laughs> but it says, Eslesiasts 7.13, consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? And moving on, when Allie discusses surrogacy specifically, she says that traditional surrogacy, which is what is discussed in the book of Genesis, the baby's actual biological mother is the surrogate in traditional surrogacy, as I've mentioned before, can cause problems emotionally and psychologically for both surrogate mother and baby. The mother automatically has instincts to protect the baby with her life. The baby has instincts to reach to mom and to depend on mom for nourishment, comfort, and protection. Whereas gestational surrogates, which is what I am, using my womb to grow someone else's fertilized egg, has the dilemma of the surrogate causing risk to her health because of taking and injecting hormones into her body. And she also may develop the instinct to protect and care for and nourish the baby, or in, in my case, babies because I'm carrying twins. Allie also says, it is a defiance of the natural order, a separation of sex and procreation. And she says it's important to keep the family close and as close to the natural order as possible, because that is what the Bible discusses. So moving on from the podcast information that I received, um... We will talk about an article called Basic Bioethics, What Christians Should Know About Surrogacy, written by Joe Carter on the website, the Ethics and Religion Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. These are what he says the problems with surrogacy are. One, exploitation of women. Again, he also discusses the use of hormone injection that puts the surrogate health, health at risk. He also discusses the potential emotional damage that can be done with giving up a baby or babies. Two, selling of children. Since surrogates are paid, some Christians believe the transfer of child and money could be considered a human trafficking. Three, the violation of the marital covenant. Introducing a third party, which is considered going outside of the marriage. He also explains that the vows for marriage are for better or for worse, in sickness and in health. Having a surrogate prevents infertility from being a burden shared by both spouses. 
And having a surrogate also makes it so the spouse who is fertile does not have to share the burden with the spouse who is not fertile. Word from word, Joe says, Children are not the sole sacred purpose of marriage. If God has chosen to be to withhold that blessing from one spouse, he necessarily chose to withhold it from the other. The use of embryo, well, number four, the use of embryo destruction, reproductive technology. Many embryos end up frozen until death, and the Bible says life begins at conception, and the Bible also condemns the taking of an innocent life. Joe says that the only ethical form of surrogacy is rescue surrogacy, which is when a surrogate volunteers her womb to save an IVF-created embryo that has been frozen and destined for destruction. So that is all the information I have gathered, and I am sure there is much more information out there. And again, I'm not here to judge. This is your decision on what you want to do. I just wanted to share this information because if you've been listening to my podcast then you will know that I am currently transitioning from new age practices to Christian and I am questioning everything inside my life. And this is a big one. This is um, something that I'm doing right now and I just had no idea that it could potentially be wrong in God's eyes um, or be a sin. So... As the Bible says on judging others, Matthew 7, 1 through 29, judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So again, I'm not here to judge, and nobody else has the right to judge you. God can judge you, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. So that is for you, and that is for everyone else that listens to this, that is supporting someone trying to make this decision. Judgment is God's job. If you have difficulty making the decision as a Christian to be a surrogate or use a surrogate mother, then I would suggest giving God your troubles and pray for guidance. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Luke eleven nine, and I tell, I will tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Ephesians 6.18 Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And of course, if you feel you have sinned in any way, ask God for forgiveness. 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is all that I have for you guys today. This is just information about surrogacy and the views that Christians and the Bible have on surrogacy. 
like I said at the beginning, I was pretty shocked, but this is really a personal decision to become a surrogate or to use a surrogate between you and God and your spouse, of course. Um, so I hope this information helped you in some kind of way. And if it left you tangled, then pray about it. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And if you have a different view on this and would like to be on the podcast or just talk to me about it, please feel free to contact me. My contact information is email janasa93, J-E-N-A-S-A 93 at yahoo.com. And my Instagram is evolving period writer, W-R-I-T-E-R dot Janasa, J-E-N-A-S-A. I hope you guys have the best day ever. God bless.